guys please don't mind me i have a flu while we are recording this <laughs> yeah uh we are actually at the back seat of a grab car yeah i'm on our way home from a Figma, no, Friends of Figma workshop uh, where we were both facilitators. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Trent? Uh, actually, I feel quite refreshing. We get to, you know, uh, volunteer for Friends of Figma, like give back to the community. Yeah, I thought it was but, nice. Mm, at the same time, you know, like hearing uh, from other designers. And I really like the fact that um, for today's session, the both of us are finally in attendance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we want to take this chance to also uh, record this. An intro, intro for this episode yes also yeah. because this is a segue one of the participants for the workshop today happens to be mm. our, our guest yes <laughs> yes so we would like to introduce you to grace grace ling she mm-hmm. is working in ea right now electronic arts uh, and at the same time she is also a content creator on youtube mm-hmm. and she runs design buddies mm-hmm. on discord considered as one of the biggest design communities on discord Right, yeah. yeah. So, so it, for this episode, will be an interview with Grace. It just so happened she's in Singapore for two weeks to visit her family. And I, Adila, conducted the interview because she wasn't around. Mm. Yeah, I feel a bit formal <laughs> not being able to be there. But yeah, Adila did a great job at um, oh, doing this interview. Yeah. So yeah. we hope you enjoy this episode. Yes. Oh yes, and Grace also even has a gutums. So look forward oh. to that. Nice. Okay, so hope you guys uh, enjoy this interview for this episode. Mm-hmm. Till we talk again next time. Welcome everyone to today's special episode of KSDL with Grace Ling. Welcome Grace. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more about yourself and how has it been for you here in Singapore? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm honored to be here. I'm Grace. I founded Design Buddies. Um, we have 57,000 members on Discord helping designers land jobs across the world. I currently work as a UX designer at Electronic Arts, designing products for content creators and events. And I love creating content about design, career, lifestyle, travel. Um, I, love to, I love to draw as well. It's been great in Singapore. I've actually visited Singapore over 10 times in my life because my father is from Singapore. Hmm. And I would say this trip is actually my favorite. And that's because thanks to Design Buddies and the internet, I have so many friends here to do excursions every single day for the past week and a half, uh, flying off in a couple of days, but it's been my favorite. I met the most people from like the design, tech, content mm. creator, founder, runner, running community as well. So it's been great. And the weather is very hot here. I can't get out without sweating. <laughs> it's definitely different, a contrast. I'm based in the SF Bay area in California, so mm. it's definitely a contrast. And yeah, and I've really had lots of fun times and meeting new people here, doing fun excursions and made lots of great friends here as ah, well. Okay, that's awesome to, to, to know. Um, so far, being in Singapore, how is the food like for you? Yeah, I try to balance both. I try to be safe, but also trying to experiment dif- with different things. Mm. And for me, I try not to repeat any orders. Um, so I've been going to some hawker centers with some friends mm-hmm. and ordering a like wide variety of stuff and just sharing and trying out every as much as I can. Mm. I am just lactose intolerant though, so oh, I can't okay. have dairy and I can't have anything too spicy, which limits my choices. But I, I really enjoyed ice kachang. I <laughs> <Nice. laughs> like sweet, cold stuff. That's what I liked. And Yuan Yang, the coffee and tea mix. 
Ah, okay, okay, okay. So I I think I spoke to you, uh, back when we met during the Singapore Designers Product Meetup, right? Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned you had a taste of nasi lemak before. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah, it was great, right? Yeah. Okay, so just to um start off our topic, but before that, we we I I guess you guys surely have read our title for this episode, but I wanted to just transition into your working your working status right now. So before um before we start our topic, I just wanted to know how has it been like in your journey into UX industry? How did you get in and what is it like for you so far? Yeah, when I got into UX, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I guess long story short, I transitioned my career many many times. Mm. Um growing up, I really wanted to be an anime artist or a game concept <laughs> artist, game designer. I watched a lot of animes, played a lot of games, but my parents were like, "Yo, art don't pay. You got starving artists." <laughs> so I go into engineering, be a doctor, engineer, lawyer. So I came into college studying bioengineering and computer science engineering. I want to learn how to biohack myself to run faster and tell everyone I want to be a doctor to sound prestigious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I was like I did some internships in mm. medical research and I I didn't see myself doing that for my rest of my life. Um so I decided to go into computer science and engineering because mm. I want to learn how to make games. Mm. And I had a couple of internships in game design, software engineering, made VR, virtual reality, AR games, and AR games and I realized I didn't really like to code. Like I really wish I liked coding, but I just like couldn't feel the code like i <laughs> i tried so hard cuz i was born in silicon valley you yeah. felt not one with the code <laughs> yeah i didn't feel one with the code i was just you know stack overflowing and yeah i like yeah so but i during my internship i really enjoyed working with the other artists and game designers i thought their work with doing was really interesting mm. i also got experience doing the end to end product cycle and i really enjoyed testing with users my game and getting the feedback and iterating on that. So I like I like the design part mm-hmm. more than the coding part. Um and that helped me kind of get into design because I really like I really like UX design right now because it's like a mix of art and science. Mm. Art as in you inject your own creativity to solve a problem and you can have ways to measure success and test hypotheses. So it's like the science engineering part of design that I really like. Um so that's how I got into design and I would say I actually got into design because well um kind of step back a little I ended up getting my job my foot in the door by cold reaching out to someone on LinkedIn and I feel like that was pretty unconventional but I I guess I can also like break down how I how I got there as well um and so during my transition to design it was the end of 2019 I recently graduated from undergrad Um and I didn't really know what I was doing so I signed myself up for grad school in mm. computer science engineering. Um so I did that and then at the same time when I was a student I decided to pick up a bunch of random design projects to build up my portfolio. So I did a lot of volunteer work, I did freelance work, I joined design competitions, design challenges and built up my portfolio to later use to cold reach out to get my job. I'm interested to to learn a bit more about the the game the, the games that you did. So basically you when you say that you designed the game, you actually created the characters, uh illustrated it and then animated it. Was that it? Yeah, so in the games that I made in the past, um I guess for some context at EA I actually don't work on games. I work on um play experience marketing products, but in the past I've 
created two virtual reality games. Um, the first one was I was a student and just experimenting in a lab. Mm. And that game is called Selfie, C-E-L-L-F-I-E. <laughs> it's like a biology-inspired game. Mm. Because oh, cell, yeah, C-E-L-L. Yeah, because like you can be a cell in VR. So I was like, ah, taking a selfie, but you're a cell. And I did everything about it because I wanted to learn everything about games and making a game. So I did all the concept art, all the illustrations. I guess the name Selfie came from also the fact that you were from engineering yeah bioengineering and then you want to merge with your gaming interests mm-hmm. oh that's very nice yeah so that was the first time i was able to bridge like my biology mm. bioengineering background to design and games mm. but i really want to learn how to use game engine so it was more like a project for me to just learn all the skills it takes to mm. make a game and then the other game I made was during my internship at Intuitive Surgical. Mm. They make robotic surgery robotic surgery tools to do surgery. And I made a VR surgery training game um, to, train, to help surgeons to do surgery. And I designed like a cooking simulation game <laughs> so people can, the surgeons can improve their motor skills. Oh, so meaning um, it's, if it's VR, meaning they are playing on a computer. They're playing in their custom surgery sim. Uh, um, okay. In surgical, they had their custom built sim because when you're doing surgery, they have their custom, they have their soft, they have their hardware where you sit in and then like put your arms in the little tools to like do the surgery procedure mm. on there too. Uh, so I it was see. mimicking that. Yeah. I, I'm seeing, I'm starting to see a pattern here where you have a certain interest and then you'll merge it with something and then you create something, right? Yeah. Uh, you like to have your, it seems like you like to have your hands dirty and create something from scratch. Yeah. I, is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just lo- looking into your background a bit more also. Um, I, I realized that you had exposure in photography videography because you started a running YouTube channel before this and then you even had a photography was it a YouTube channel as well? Yeah, it was Instagram mostly. Instagram. And then there was one, um, I think, is it Creative Life? Correct me if I'm wrong. Or is it Art Life? The, the, the Etsy shop that you had. Oh, Candy Leaf. Candy Leaf. <laughs> so sorry. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I saw that. And I, and I saw like the pattern here, the way I see it is, it, it's very interesting how you, ex- you, you expose, you explore different areas that your interests take you and then you merge it together. For something, would would you say that was how Design Buddies eventually was cooked up because you had different interests together? Yeah, I would say Design Buddies for me. I just wanted to make friends in design, and the branding came from. I just like bunnies, mm. and buddies sound like bunnies, so it came to be. Um, yeah, I I was trying to transition my career from engineering to design and I didn't really know anyone in design Mm. and I found that other design communities that I was in at that time like really intimidating for me to engage in so I was like you know in in what way was that intimidating were were they not friendly or what yeah for me I was afraid I was like more self-conscious I would say like Uh. afraid to say ask a question and I was afraid people would say like oh if I ask that question it will show that I don't know anything or something so (laughs) it was that kind of fear so I I was like Ah, I just want to make some friends and learn design together. Mm. So that's how Design Buddies initially started. Mm, I see. And also the fact that I think during that time was when COVID happened. Yeah. And then that's where people went online. I guess it was a great timing for you as yeah, well. Yeah, April 2020. <laughs> so we started. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than other than that, I'm also interested to, to know more about um, when you were doing Design Buddies. Um, did you set up on your own or did you decide to do it with some... I mean, some initial early friends that you made? 
actually it was something i just started on my own um i actually didn't know anyone at all at all that i would feel like i wanted to build a discord server with at that time mm. i actually don't have a co-founder i'm actually passively looking for one as well <laughs> um so yeah it was just something i just started on my own and it just kept growing and over time we had a lot of really great volunteers come and helped engage the community even mm. further as well and keep growing that direction too mm. since now it's like three years already mm-hmm. do you have like a core team working with you on design buddies yeah we do we do we have our team members um we're a really small team so it's mostly me and Alexa doing partnership sponsorships, Hadida doing all the community, um, and also helping us with design challenges and events. Ah, so really okay, small, okay. so you make decisions quickly. Oh, that's great. It's really nice to know that you at least now you have great friends to work mm-hmm. with and depend on, right? Yeah, yeah, and with the in-person meetups, I'm so grateful. I have a lot of friends in Singapore, also in the SF Bay area, and around the world. So whenever I travel or in my hometown, I can host events with as well. Mm. Other than Singapore, where are the, what are other countries do you look forward to creating like, well, your presence in and then building a community there as well? Yeah, up next, I'm actually going to Europe for a month. I'm going to 10 different countries, but it's with the cruise, so it's like I won't have time to host meetups, but I'm probably going to host our next meetup in the Bay Area again and then later in Florida because mm. I'm going to go there for another conference. So whenever I travel um, and I have time, I try to uh, organize a meetup and helping the local community connect and maybe mm. inspire them to kickstart their own meetups too do you have do you have enough time for yourself <laughs> since yeah, like you're always so busy with meeting up with people yeah i do actually i really i feel like i describe myself as an extrovert uh. and i get bored if i have nothing to do and i feel oh. like that's draining for me like i can't be at home the whole day like i just get so bored and so tired so mm. i love community building because this trip is my favorite to Singapore over the 10 times because I have so many friends, many multiple friends every day to do excursions with and that like energizes me so much instead of like staying at home. <laughs> <laughs> I see. For me, yeah. I see, I see. Okay, so let's transition into the topic which is unconventional way of getting a job in UX. So Grace, in your... What is your own definition of unconventional way of getting a job in the UX industry? Maybe you can give us what was your definition and what you thought was right, what you thought was wrong, what proved you wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel unconventional is not conventional. So what I thought the conventional way, the traditional way to getting a job, what I was like kind of taught in school was you have to apply online Mm. and just wait for it to come to you instead of you actively reaching out. So just like, yeah, submit your resume into the void. Um, So I feel like that was what I was taught growing up and optimizing my resume, my cover letter. Like, I feel like that's so important, but just like, just like passively applying. That's why that was conventional um, to get a job. Unconventional is anything that is not like that. So I've Right now, like I've experienced success with cold reaching out on LinkedIn, but also when you cold reach out, it's important to also have the skills and experience to back that up too. Um, And also posting on LinkedIn, LinkedIn specifically, because a lot of hiring managers and recruiters hang out there. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Do you have any hiring managers managers who are your good friends now? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm actually, we're friends on a personal basis. So oh, wow. <laughs> I friends with a lot of hiring managers and founders. Yeah, because I, I like talking with them as well as humans. It, was it because you have design buddies, that's why they decided to reach out to you? Yeah. Ah, I see. Design buddies and my posts on LinkedIn and my portfolio as well. Mm. I, I'm interested to know what kind of LinkedIn posts normally would you post? And how mm. often do you post? Yeah, on LinkedIn, I try to post, when I'm at home, I try to post at least three times a week mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Um, and then I feel like creating content, I try to post something that's like either inspirational, actionable, and or and informational. So mm. I usually like to share like um, like what I'm learning along the way as well. So I take like frequently asked questions I get asked. So I post about like networking, um, post about like how to network in in-person events, how to follow up, post about how to start creating content, mm. post about different ways to learn design. So it's all based on the questions that I personally get asked um, and what I see in Design Buddies and in topics that I feel that I can talk about as well. Mm. Um, so that's how I think about it. And then I also like to make it more like lifestyle because I like to be relatable mm. and so I post about like oh what I'm doing like oh I host a meetup or like oh I'm speaking at this event these are some key takeaways so I just try to share like informational but also like what I'm doing lifestyle or like where I'm traveling to and just be more fun with it too I also post my drawings and um, sometimes I post TikTok videos of me dancing in random places you, you um, post this on LinkedIn I did I, so <laughs> I so actually great. did a LinkedIn dance um, I, me and my friend we created a LinkedIn dance a LinkedIn dance <laughs> Yeah, we designed a dance. It was because it was like a spinoff of TikTok dance. We just like made a LinkedIn dance at Config at the conference and we posted it there. So it's all like random stuff that has Mm. something to do with career. Um, And I try to like put my own spin on it and make it fun. Ah, I see. It's so amazing to hear from you and speaking with you makes me just keep smiling. Not just because of the way you are, but all the things that you do. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really, really. If you guys were to meet Grace in person, I can tell she's just a very bubbly character. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, her laugh is really contagious. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, um, how do you think the definition of unconventional ways will evolve with upcoming generations? Like For example, now I know, yes, uh, LinkedIn works for maybe our generation. I'm a millennial. Are you a millennial or Gen Z? Gen Z, right? Between millennial and Gen Z. Okay, right. Yeah. Between. So we're quite close. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, so in, in the future generations, people who maybe have very short attention span and then maybe they prefer TikTok rather than connecting on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think would unconventional ways be like for them? Yeah, it's interesting. I saw TikTok launch a career thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like creating short-form videos like a short-form resume. Uh, I feel like... <laughs> wait, wait, how does it work? Are they, are they speaking on the video? I think so. I've, I haven't looked into it that much, but I've seen people like do a two-minute blurb about themselves, like dancing. Uh, like, oh, this is what I do. Dancing. But, yeah, like <laughs> dancing. But I feel like with that in mind, I... I also know all dancing and creating TikTok videos, it can seem daunting to a lot of people. Mm. I don't think you need a dance on TikTok to be successful in your career. I think there's many different ways to mm. be successful. Like, I, yeah, I don't want that to, like, deter anyone or anything. But in my opinion, I feel like in the future, there's going to be a lot of AI tools coming out. I mm. feel like it's going to be part of our lives. And I would say maybe integrating, you like, trying out that... Um, I feel like how unconventional ways could also evolve is with the rise of social media, um, 
pros and cons. I know a lot of people like don't really like social media, mm. but social media in in my personal experience has unlocked me with so many opportunities. Like that's why I advocate for using social media, posting on it, mm. um, connecting with people on that as well. So. I don't think LinkedIn's going away anytime soon. In fact, I see more and more Gen Z folks on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, ov- the overall tone of LinkedIn has shifted in my experience since 2020. Like I would say, before 2020, most people use LinkedIn as like super traditionally professionals. Like they only use it to announce like their successes. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to announce I got a job here. Blah blah mm. blah. blah. Um, and now I've seen people sh- you treat LinkedIn kind of like lifestyle yeah storytelling lifestyle it's kind of like getting into the vibe of like facebook a little but still professional still professional yeah so i would say like linkedin i I think it's here to stay creating content on there helps um i've also known friends who've landed jobs through connecting with others on like twitter instagram and maybe even threads coming up as well so how about clubhouse clubhouse yeah (laughs) i i've also met a lot of great people and had a lot of great collaborations with the clubhouse but in my experience mm. the usage has significantly gone down which is yes, sad which I, sucks i agree with you because yeah. i think it was it was either a year or two years ago was when i saw you actually on clubhouse mm. yeah yeah we were hopping around in different design rooms and then um it was so addictive so if one room ends you want to hop to another room and then sometimes it will be 12 a.m at night for me but maybe it's in the morning for you guys and then you guys will be actively talking I'm just listening yeah so I think it was from there I I found you as well and also I found another member who was the founder of um, Friends of Figma the Discord, uh, Discord server Zoe from there as well so so it's it's funny because when I met her it was from Clubhouse and then we jumped to LinkedIn to connect from LinkedIn we jumped, we jumped to Discord so it was the different many many applications mm. yeah so like, for example for you as well from Clubhouse was when I, I found you actually oh mm. yeah Clubhouse was so fun back in the day I I don't think I've seen people use Twitter spaces mm. pretty often as well so maybe that might be a way I personally never used it but I, I've, I've known people who found success in Twitter spaces too Um, since Threads is coming up do you think that's a good space for one way of getting a job I feel like it's too early to tell. Mm. Threads, uh, I think at this time, it's only been out for two weeks. A week yeah, and, yeah about two weeks. I personally haven't used it that much to have an opinion on it because I've been in Singapore, so I haven't <laughs> like been active on my threads. Um, but I would say it's very exciting and got a lot of users very quickly. And so I'm excited to see the space and what comes from that. Mm. And I would say when... When I think of like getting a job, I would just I feel like it's not not never one size fits all, and I feel like it really depends how you use the tools. And just because someone might be successful on like LinkedIn or Instagram, um, doesn't mean like I feel like just because someone might want to use like LinkedIn, I don't think that I don't think that means like everyone needs to use LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I feel like just try out everything and find the one that works for you, and try it. Um, but yeah, don't don't hold back on like trying different platforms. Mm. I I think adding on to that would be be open to trying out different platforms and also choose one that you can be consistent with. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that sometimes people get so overwhelmed with all the different platforms and then they try they try this they um it doesn't work for me then they stop trying and or maybe they try something then they put it too intense or maybe they are not able to commit to it consistently mm-hmm. so they cannot see any form of effort 
or the ROI coming up from it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and with those social media, I feel like there's also a lot of value in connecting with people in in-person events as mm-hmm. well. And so try to find local events around your area, meet other peers, meet other like founders, hiring managers, people to connect with and learn from as well. Is also like, I feel like that personal connection, I feel like I get to know that person even more compared to connecting with them online as well. So try to join in-person meetups, conferences, events. Um, and yeah, I know people who like found jobs with that. That's actually how I got my internship at Intuitive Surgical is mm. I went to a career fair and I connected with the hiring manager in person there as well. Mm. So it's, yeah, try to, try to find in-person connections. Mm, okay, I see. So Grace, could you share with us like any stories or experiences you've done? Um, to get a job in an in an unconventional way. I know we've been speaking about it for some time now, but maybe are there any other good stories or maybe bad experiences that you 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 did you did something you tried it out it didn't work out for you then you realize okay maybe try it a different way and it worked. Yeah. 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 So I cold reached out to four hundred people on LinkedIn. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so what I did you did, was, did did you copy paste. Yes. Message? Okay. No, so I strategically, so like what I did was um, 400 people. So this was over a span of one month. And my strategy was I used LinkedIn search. I searched for senior manager and director of UX design, product design, filtered by company, filtered by location. And I added all of them. I also looked at who, I looked at the people also viewed section, added them as well. So mm-hmm. that's how I like found that many people. Um, and then I made sure to write a short personalized invite. So I'll be like, hi, name, I'm Grace. I am a student studying computer science and engineering, trying to pivot my career to UX design. Would love to know about how you got to where you are today. And just keep it very short and sweet and try to get like on a 15 minute call with them and just get to know their story, get to know their background and Mm. make friends as well. And that's actually how I got to know my hiring manager at EA. Ah, um, okay. And yeah, so yeah, so that's that's how I did that. And yeah, it was it was great. And then not every I came in I feel like the good mindset to kind of come in these uh, reach out and messages is coming from a position of just learning mm. and don't have any expectations of getting a job because that would ruin the vibe. Mm. Um and so I actually not everyone is hiring, but yeah. I also make sure to make it of mutual value too. Mm. So whenever I ask someone for a coffee chat, I always make sure to ask them like, is there any way I can help you out as well? Or let me know how I can help in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sometimes, and I've stayed, I've stayed connected to many people. So I probably had about 30 coffee chats. I've stayed connected with many of them. Now they're like long-term mentors. They give me advice. Um, if they want to work at EA, I've helped give them, give them referrals as well. Mm. And so I've, I kind of approach networking like a long-term thing, not yep. just a one-off transactional thing. Mm. It's kind of like building friendships, building relationships. So that was that's how I got my job unconventionally <laughs> without any... So I, I don't have any design degree. Mm. I don't have any certification. All I had was a portfolio with um, experience on it and projects and a network to get a job so guys there you have it the recipe the secret of getting a job so that's the end of the episode no just <laughs> kidding <laughs> okay so so back to that I, I was curious to know um, 
when you were cold calling all those connections on LinkedIn, right? Um, with the EA hire hiring manager from EA specifically, was it was it like you built a relationship with her first or him first, and then you moved on and the connection grew, and then a job when a job came in, then they thought of you. Was that how it was? Actually, I got. I feel like I got really lucky. Um, it was during the time of COVID, and I remember it was early 2020. I was trying to get an internship in design, and I kept submitting applications and getting ghosted or rejected mm-hmm. because I didn't have any design degree or certification. Mm-hmm. I think, um, or maybe my portfolio was too junior for them, or I'm not. I'm not really sure, but yeah. I either got ghosted or rejected automatically. <laughs> um, so I was like getting a little bit desperate because yeah. I'm just like, it's April. I want a summer internship, so I was a little desperate. Um, but thankfully, I'm so grateful for Marlon from EA for like taking the call and during the call I remember he automatically like assumed I wanted an internship so I didn't have to say anything like I you didn't mention the word internship in your introduction as well yeah you just said I just want to have a chat with you and I'm like so grateful for that like he knew. I feel like he's been in the industry for so long. Like he, he's so experienced. He probably knew. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. So I'm like so grateful. Maybe for hearing that. your voice, he see. Oh, this is a very excited girl. <laughs> yeah. And I actually asked him like, what made you want to hire me? And it was actually my purse like how the like, vibes I give off. Like yeah. I'm very curious, wanting to learn. Even though I didn't have like a design degree or certification, mm-hmm. I had some projects in my portfolio, but I had an interesting like very diverse background, yeah. um, like engineering, pre-med, art. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times I know a lot of people who transition to design from a complete other career and feel behind in their career. Yeah. And I used to feel the same way. Then I start to realize that's actually a strength and having different backgrounds because mm. you have so many skills that can cross over to design and leverage that to help you stand out as a designer in the hiring process. Ah, so when you were doing this, was this before you started posting on LinkedIn regularly or was it the same time? Around the same time. So I started posting on LinkedIn regularly around March of 2020. It was during COVID mm. and I saw a lot of people posting their experiences on LinkedIn. And I was like, this feels like a lifestyle blog. So yeah. um, a bit more background about myself. Mm. I've been on the internet since I was in high school and I actually started creating content on Tumblr back mm. in 2014 because I kept getting bad grades in language arts and I wanted to improve my writing skills. <laughs> it was so fun. I met so many great people and... I continue to create content to this day, but I never thought of posting on LinkedIn until 2020. Mm. And I was like, oh, I guess this LinkedIn is not that scary. So I started posting on LinkedIn then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I saw from from your profile as well that you were once a writer, mm-hmm. right? That you were writing regularly and posting. Maybe mm-hmm. that's where your writing skills land, landed to your skill in writing for LinkedIn. Yeah. So I create content on LinkedIn. I also wrote for some journalism, public journalism club um in school when i was in college as well so mm. communication journalism yeah photography so i created a lot of content that way too so i had a lot of experience like varied like scattered all around yeah. which helped me as a content creator a lot today mm. when okay sorry to ask if it's a bit personal but when you were growing up was there someone who actually uh honed this side of you or was it something that you were just born with like having so much interest trying this and that did your mom encourage you or anybody yeah I feel like growing up in America and I I also just kind of reflect on my childhood um 
So both my parents very, I would say they're traditional Asian parents. Um, my mom's from Taiwan. My dad's from Singapore. Their parents um, from Singapore and Taiwan as well. And I was born and raised in the U.S. in California, San Francisco mm. Bay Area. And I, the environment I grew up in was also ninety percent people who looked like me, and it was like a lot of immigrants. So mm. it was really competitive in school and stuff. And it was everything felt very structured. Like all the kids do extracurricular. Mm. All the kids had to study for exams, mm. get good grades and stuff, compare with each other. So I would say the environment I grew up in in California seems very similar to Singapore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was like used to that. Mm. Um, but for me as a kid, I was always like. I thought normal was boring, so oh. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't like to be mainstream. I think that's like too normy for me. Mm. And I was a class clown, so I got in trouble so much for telling jokes in class. But I loved making people laugh. I was, I got so much happiness when I see other people happy as well. Mm. So I was like, I just want to tell these jokes. But like, I would tell them in class in like inappropriate times, <laughs> and I got sent to the principal's office many times. So oh, I was wow. always I had that like rebellious energy in me, just because I felt like being. Normal, being like normal um, was boring mm. and I feel like that shaped a lot of who I am today and yeah. my parents have been pretty chill as well like they're pretty open to whatever I wanted to do mm. they were kind of sus they were kind of like surprised I didn't want to do engineering yeah, anymore how, I was gonna ask that just now yeah. I forgot so how was your reaction when you decided hey parents I decided mm. not to pursue engineering anymore I'm gonna pivot into UX design how was yeah. your reaction yeah, they were like kind of confused at first. They were like, what is UX design? And then whenever they would run into um, a problem like navigating a website, I was like, that is why we need UX designers. Oh. And so I try to like show them what it is. Mm-hmm. And then once I started working full time, they asked me how much I got paid. Yeah. So I told them and they after that, they're like, all right. You're like sign it is. So they just like, care about the money at the end of the day. I see. <laughs> okay, typical parents. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying about yours, but mine as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to wanted to go into something artsy as well last time when growing up. But my mother was saying, no, go under IT or go under business. And she actually applied for business for me. But I did, instead I said, okay, how about I do IT combined with design? Mm. Which is very close to art, basically. So, uh, that's what happens. And then that's now that's how I became a web designer. And then now I'm a UX designer. Mm, mm. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, just a question to you. As a content creator, with the sea of content being created in the web, how do you determine what's meaningful to be created and published to the world? Like, for example, mm-hmm. when you see that there are... Now, especially now, there are more and more people creating content on LinkedIn. And then uh, maybe also on Instagram, TikTok. So for you personally, how do you define, how do you say, okay, this is good to go? Yeah, I just kind of don't think too much about it. I feel like everyone has their own unique perspective to bring. Mm. Everyone has their own uniqueness and their their own ways as well. So don't let that hold you back. Um, I would say I kind of base my content on what would I enjoy reading this? Like, would I find valuable? So I ask myself, like, do I, like, do I think it's helpful? And I also am surrounded by feedback all the time. So, like, I get a lot of questions people ask me. I get a lot of um, discussions in design buddies based on what people are struggling with. So mm. I get my idea based on that. Um, I would say just sharing your story, sharing your unique, sharing your learnings, sharing your own take on things as well. And don't let... The fact that you see a lot of content out there holds you back. You never know until you try. 
Mm, I see, I see. Um, so maybe before we close off, just like two to three more questions to ask you. So the first question would be, any what are you currently learning in UX or in your current job, which is helping you with your current job? Yeah, at EA, I am trying to learn more about the business side, how we can design to make more business impact. Because um, I feel like as a designer, we're also really it's also really important to make sure we solve user problems, mm. but also making impact and the business side as well. And also been working better with collaborating with engineers mm-hmm. to bring ideas to life. And yeah, so business side, and I'm also trying to work on like design processes within our team, product team and company, and trying to bring everyone, all the stakeholders, like not just design, but like research, product, engineering, business partners, really early on in the design process to get alignment. Oh, I say I sound so corporate right now, but like get <laughs> alignment, okay. get alignment, get agreement, mutual agreement on everything, every step of the way. Mm. So it's like I spend more time on like the ideation phase, so I make sure the high fidelity stuff is will minimize the amount of changes I need to make in the future. So like business side and processes, like what I'm personally working on um, in my UX design career today. Ah, I see, I see. Um, the second last question would be um. So far now that you have built a community in Design Buddies and then you are working at EA, um, you are, I think you're going to run, you are doing some professional running, right? Eventually you are doing... That's one of my goals, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I was like, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, so in the future, where do you see yourself in, in maybe five or ten years' time? Yeah, I'm not really sure. There are some skills that I want to work on, mm-hmm. which are I want to continue growing um, my skills in UX design. I really want to grow my skills in product as well Mm. um i want to grow my skills in content creation social Mm. media community building um and running as well so those are just some skills that i'm working towards Mm. i really want to travel to more places and Mm. learning about different lifestyles yeah different cultures perspectives lifestyles and different ways people live and tour around and and share about it as well um, and yeah, I just want to have fun. Continue being I'm happy. I'm so excited. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, continue sharing around my journey. Yeah, I don't really have. I feel like a lot of times when I ask this question to other people, mm. they say like they want to be like a lead designer or something. Uh. For me, that used to be me. Like if you asked me like just a few months ago where I see myself in five years, like oh, I want to be like I don't know design director, but I'm just like. I don't know, I'm just vibing these days, so... Uh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's what I see myself, just growing in those skills and, um, yeah, seeing the way, the way I see it, it's more like I think you are... Content creation will be something that will be permanently be a part of you, even mm-hmm. even when you get older, when you get more senior seniority in your career. But I think what is important now for you, it, it seems to me that you want to grow organically mm-hmm. in your in your life and that's, cause that's how it's going to affect your career, right? Your career yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Your career is part of your life, and I feel like your life is also more than your career. Mm, So mm. it shouldn't be the sole focus of it, in my opinion. So that's why I like focusing on, like, many variety of things as well, Mm. the spice of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. We are getting to the end. So basically, um, I just want to know, what are your key takeaways for either designers who are new to content creation, do you have any key takeaways that you want to give advice to them? Or maybe based on your interactions with all the other designers in Design Buddies, maybe what are some things that you wish more designers would know? Yeah, I wish more people would be open to experimenting. So for me, 
what I've noticed in within myself and with other people who want to create content mm-hmm. when they're before they start is they're afraid of what other people might think of them uh. and they're afraid of other people's opinions and I was the same way myself in the past I feel like life is it's not your job to please every single person mm-hmm. um, and I feel like for me I put myself out there a lot and I get a lot of variety of feedback mm-hmm. and I love it because it's data to help me iterate on it so it's like wow. all very objective <laughs> data so like if you want to get that job reach, reach out to that person post that content post that YouTube video make that content um, don't be afraid like worst thing is you you get some feedback that might be negative, but that's okay. It's all data to help you iterate on mm. it. It's all a process. You don't have to be there. Um, you don't have to be... No one is... No one has their shit together. Oh, sorry. Can I say it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one has their shit Like, no one... At least, for, at least like, in my, in my, in my experience, like, like, no one knows exactly what they're doing. Mm. Um, and don't let that hold you back. Life is a process. There's always opportunities to collect data, iterate, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there because it's always a chance to improve yourself um, mm. there as well. Yeah, just try new things. Be open-minded. Learn learn different perspectives that are different from your own and make friends and live life, live a balanced life, be happy. And don't um, don't treat your job title as your whole personality because there's so much other fun things in life. There's so uh, much more to you. Exactly. Than just There's so a much, job. Yeah, exactly. A job is like how you make money. Um, make money doing something you enjoy and making an impact, but it's not like everything about you too. Mm. I feel like that's what I struggled at as a junior designer. Like when I first started UX design, yeah. I was like I made I made like UX designer my, at EA my whole personality and that was what I would tell myself going back, I was like, yo, chill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, design buddies and EA is like my whole personality. I'm just mm. like, no, 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 chill, chill. There's so much more to life. So that's what... What, what made you came to that realization? Yeah, honestly, it was seeing all these layoffs. And I was ah, just like, see. seeing people posting on LinkedIn, seeing how they tied their identity so close to their job. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's like dropped. And I was like, damn. Like, I was like... And I was just like... And that's what made me kind of like... Kind of treat my job like, okay... If business can drop me anytime, I can drop them anytime too. Um, mm. It's like both ways. Um, and also just traveling more, mm. going out with friends more, meeting new people, just doing more things in life that are outside like EA, design buddies, um, and work and stuff. Just having more fun overall and mm. realizing there's more to life than that. Um, sure, like I, I enjoy my job. I enjoy design buddies. Mm. I enjoy content creation, but I also enjoy like traveling, meeting people, and mm. yeah, experiencing new things as well. So they're all, they're all like equally important to me. Mm. I I think um, hearing you speak, it it made me realize that it's more of when you experience life at at the fullest. That's where you can put in more positivity and creativity into the work, or even into the design communities that you build. Because if not, you're tapping on a very dry cup. Yeah. If you have your cup filled with, with life, with, with different experiences, like you were saying, you go for running, you go traveling. So all these things actually add up to your to your experience as a person, as a whole. And then that actually helps you to be yourself, right? At work, at, 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 at events. Yeah, yeah I think, exactly. I think that's a very, very good advice, Grace. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it.
Okay, so just to wrap up this episode. So normally for our, episode, for our podcast, we have this section called Good Things Must Share called Gutums. So maybe Grace, do you have a Gutums that you would like to share? Yeah, one of, I have two things. Um, one is an Instagram account. Um, it's like Silicon Valley Tech Roast. It's like a tech roast show on Instagram. Mm. They have really fun TikToks and reels about <laughs> making fun of tech culture. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like really relatable too. I'm sure uh, people who are like maybe upset at work, they just go here and they just have a laugh. Yeah, it's so laugh. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Another YouTube channel I really like is Stephen He. Um, he is the person behind the emotional damage meme so oh. really enjoy if you grew up in an asian household and had traditional asian parents i'm sure you'll have a good laugh out of that <laughs> as well as channel as well my favorite one of my favorite youtube channels mm, okay thank you so much uh, we will be adding the links into this episode so you guys can have a look at it thank you so much grace for gracing us for this episode we really appreciate it um and then we look forward look forward to this episode right? Thanks for having me on. It was fun. (laughs) Yay!